I dove into the Santa Muerte and the demonic stuff at a young age, being involved in the street life and gang life, and I was bound in my mind by these demonic holes. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with Onlay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, Onlay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we'll be talking about the reality of witchcraft and the alignment with demons and demonic possession. Now, I know that some don't believe in demons or demonic possession. There are some who think witchcraft is like some sort of folklore, right? But today, we will have Oscar Minjares, on the show with us who will describe the witchcraft he got into called Santa Muerte and how he feels that demons were literally guiding his life into things like murder and crime. Oscar, welcome to the show. Hello. Oscar, man, thanks so much for joining us. Now, at one point in your teens, you were introduced to a form of witchcraft. Now, tell us what Santa Muerte is and why you got involved with it. So the Santa Muerte is very popular in the Hispanic culture. It comes from Mexico. Mm. We get involved in it because we are continuously surrounded by violence, gangs, drugs, murder, and just everything that is crime related. Wow. And even as human beings, we understand that we're not going to go to God to protect us for our wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. So we go to the holy death to protect us from death in this life and the next. Wow. So it's like a spiritual protection that you're looking for that it's kind of like, hey, we're all going to go do these things and we got to get protection from somewhere. So we're going to go to Santa Muerte, right? Yes. Yes, that's correct. Wow. So is it like a saint or what is it? Is it a spirit? Is it a God? What is it? Well, they actually try to make her like a saint. Oh, her. The Catholicism have rejected her. They don't believe in it. But a lot of times they do try to make it like that's the foundation of it. Just like the St. Judas. Mm. Everybody that prays to her, prays to her and St. Judas together. Like they're interlocked as one. Whoa. So, Oscar, I know your childhood was confusing and difficult. But I understand you got into gangs along with the witchcraft. Tell us about that. Well, I got involved with the gangs and the witchcraft together because my mother actually grew up in church. But by the age of nine, I seen her go through some horrible abuse. So I asked myself if this guy was really real, how can he let these things happen to us? And the demonic stuff is more real to us because we see the evil in this world. So that's what really made me lean on the demonic side. And because also my uncles and whole family generations, they're involved in gangs and drugs and violence. So it's just a family generation thing as well. So just a way of life. Wow, man. So from my understanding, something happened at the age of 16 for you that changed your life. Can you tell us what happened and what the consequences were? Well, by the age of 16, I was already knee deep into the gangs. I mean, I was just so far lost in my mind and uh, just driven by these demonic holes. I was so angry. Like, I mean, that was what gave the fuel to me to just go out here. And I was actually locked up at 16 for three shooting with intent to kill. I shot a guy five times in the chest. Oh, my God. I shot someone's mother without even thinking about it. And I shot some other guys as well. 
and, and just driven by the spirit of anger and the uh, tanta muerte, you know, just wanting death for everybody. I just wanted people to hurt the way that I was hurting. Oh my gosh. So you were, oh, you were a pretty scary guy then at that time when you're 16, just going loose here. Now, after you were released around the age of 19, you went back into gangs and witchcraft. Why was it that you found the witchcraft to be so vital in your life as a gangster at that time now that you're 19? Well, at that age as well, like, I mean, even uh, when I made it out, I couldn't break out from the gang life and the demonic holes. Like, that's all I came out thinking about. Mm. And I actually got involved in the crime with the homeboy at that age where we ended up in the cell together. And all he kept talking about at that time was how we needed to get out and give the Santa Muerte some flowers. They have altars for her. You know, she's like five foot, six foot wow. statue and the whole thing. Oh. And we actually made it out of that case. And I mean, when we made it out, we made a dedication to go pay our respects and our offerings to her because we felt like she was the one that got us up out of that situation. Dang. Oh my gosh. That makes sense. It's almost like a different God that's delivering you, you know, so there's a form of worship, even though you weren't like a very religious person or anything. So I understand that something happened for you to go to prison for a while and things start happening where you begin to be tormented in your mind. What at that time was happening to torment you? Well, so I was in the county jail at this time looking at 50 years. So when I was oh, in there looking man. at those 50 years, I thought my life was over with. I actually started praying to La Nina Negra. La Nina Negra, all it is is a different aspect. You have the white, you have the black, and they have different colors for her. Mm -hmm. And the black one basically represents like the dark side. You know, we try to justify who the Santa Muerte is. Mm -hmm. And even my homeboys that introduced me to it was telling me to not pray to the Santa Muerte, La Nina Negra, because she was going to do bad things to me. Well, when I was in there and I was looking at those 50 years, I was actually praying for my life or somebody else's life, meaning that I would give them somebody else's life. They would return me my life. Whoa. And when I couldn't fulfill those promises that I was given after I got out, I started having a lot of tormented thoughts, you know, death in my own mind. And I was constantly seeing my dead homeboys. And it was just a continuous thing of fear happening over my life and then depression. Wow. I fell into alcoholism. I mean, I went downhill really fast. Oh, my gosh. That is scary. Now, tell me a little bit real quick, though. You did mention that there was a sacrifice that was required to fulfill yes. in order for you to get out, right? You knew that there was something, there was a cost yes. that this deity was requiring of you. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's just really scary stuff, you know? So, can you give us the details on one of those demonic torturous moments? Just one real quick. All right. So one of the demonic tortures, which I was talking about, you know, that I say a lie for a life. Whenever I got out, I would constantly wake up in the middle of the night and I would hear this voice that was kind of portraying my homeboy that had died and telling me that I need to go out here and go get these enemies for my homeboys because nobody else is doing it. I owe the oh. Santa Muerte alive. So I would be out in the middle of the night, three, four o'clock in the morning with my pistol and just roaming the streets lost and just really looking for somebody to hurt. Wow, no joke. Oscar, that's crazy. I mean, basically, you're looking to get revenge for him, for someone who killed him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now, at one point, someone told you to try God yeah. to help you. As you're out there, you're going through these tormentous thoughts, you're trying to get free. You called your Christian aunt. What happened from there? So I called my Christian aunt because at this point, I mean, I was going insane in my mind. 
I wasn't looking for God, so I was looking for a different way out, but I couldn't afford mental health. Mm. So I ended up calling my aunt. And I remember that night I was in my room and I called her. And the first thing she told me was, look, mijo, meaning, look, son, this is what I'm, I'm going to pray for you really fast. Whatever you do, do not get scared. As soon as she said that, I felt the shift inside of me that didn't like it. And as soon as she's praying for me over the phone, I threw myself oh. on the ground. I cradled myself and I started screaming in a very high pitch scream that I've never felt in my life. And I went through that for about a week. Okay, so basically, you're like manifesting those demons at this point, then. That's what that sounds like. Yes, that's exactly what happened. But at the time, I didn't know what it was. Right. At the time, you're like, why am I doing So you lost control. So here you are, and you're losing control. She's praying for you. And every time you throw the phone up, you're like, ah, and you're just, yes. oh my gosh, that is, and I can tell you as an evangelist, that is a manifestation of demons. And you know that now, being a Christian. Yes. So that kind of freaked you out, right? Yeah, it really did because now I'm like, there's nothing, a gun, a knife, there's nothing, these weapons that I'm used to can help me with because I can't see what's going on. Oh my gosh. You know what, Oscar, I want to talk more about this because where God has delivered you is really huge. So I want to have you on our next show. Oscar, thanks so much for coming and joining us today. And I really want to dive a little deeper in our next show. Does that sound good to you? Yeah. Awesome, brother. Don't go anywhere. I'll be sharing more about demons right after the break. Listen, my friend, you are in a spiritual battle, and there's a spiritual battle right now for the soul of our nation. The Bible says we overcome the power of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And friend, I need your help spreading this show to all 50 states all across the USA, and that takes money to broadcast in each city. You can help by being a stable monthly giver of our ministry, Awakening the Nations. We are a ministry who's committed to preaching the gospel all across the world. Partner by going to AwakeningTheNations.com, and we believe America shall be saved. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at AwakeningTheNations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's AwakeningTheNations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? I know that some might be listening to this and you're wondering if we're trying to tie the concept of drug addiction and witchcraft. Well, to me, after listening to that, that isn't my conclusion. However, it is interesting that he was doing witchcraft and then later on, he was doing a substance that was harmful to his body and mind and then started experiencing torment from demonic activity in his mind. My conclusion is that all witchcraft is demonic. And once you allow demons to come in, they will make a mess of your life. Even Jesus told us about this, where it's written in Matthew 12, 43-47. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the state of that man is worse than the first. Here, Jesus is describing how a demonic activity works. You can take out the fact that when the demons left, the house or the person's life was clean. It was empty. It was put in order. But when the demon came back, bringing more demons with it, it was worse for that man, inferring that any and all demonic activity is chaotic 
and debilitating to anyone's life. It's sad how Oscar didn't truly understand that the witchcraft that he had dabbled in as a youth welcomed a spiritual reality that would plague him his whole adult life. And it did. And I know this isn't just Oscar. Even someone right now listening can relate to this and may even have some demons that they themselves are struggling with. What do you do with the demons in your life after they're already in? Can you just imagine them away? Just wish them away? Well, according to ancient scripture, you need someone stronger than them to literally kick them out. Watch how Jesus describes setting someone free from demons. Luke 11, 20, 22, it is written, but if I cast out demons with the finger of God, Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. Jesus not only revealed that he has the power to cast out demons, but that he is that stronger one who can disarm the evil one. What about you? Have you asked Jesus to come into your life Right now, in the name of Jesus, first of all, we rebuke every power of darkness right now in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord Jesus, we let the light in. Friend, just say, Jesus, come into my life, come into my soul, make me clean, be that strong man that I need. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. Hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. Did you know we have a Facebook page? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Facebook and find out more about Real Life Radio guests, schedules, and events. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.